By the end of this podcast, you'll learn whether Man City's performances are sustainable and whether Ten Hag's days are numbered at Man United. Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's podcast, as always, City fan Nobbins and Gasky and Gasky fan United and United fan Gasky will be discussing United's humbling, embarrassing, pathetic 2-1 defeat at Old Trafford to the mighty Fulham. We'll be talking about what went, what went wrong for United, uh, what is happening with Ten Hag and his bizarre post-match comments. We'll also be discussing Manchester City's narrow uh, 1-0 win against Bournemouth. Is Guardiola making it harder than he needs to for his City side? Are these performances from City sustainable? A 1-0 win and a clean sheet for City. But was the performance good enough in the light of Liverpool and Arsenal's batterings of late to answer those questions and more including a cheeky question in respect to Klopp and the League Cup final courtesy of our patrons and other questions from our Patreon I'm joined by my co-host my United fan friend Gasky hello hello how are your team so shit we've said this question for the last 10 years I don't have. I didn't have the answer ten years ago. I don't have it now. <laughs> well, let, let's begin there, shall we, Gaskaf? There's, there's yes, only one go. place to start. I think let's let's get out of the way. You're obviously um, you, you messaged me saying you're back business as usual. A uh, bit, little bit depressed. <laughs> um, Depression. <laughs> Old Trafford losing at home two one. Fulham in very weird circumstances, getting a late equaliser, getting an even later winner scored against you. Injuries are a thing, Gasky. But let's mm-hmm. shall we start at the end? Let's let's start with Ten Hag's post match comments because you had some. Uh, you mentioned them to me before we started recording that you weren't at all happy. Um, call him out. Specify quotes. Um, name call. Insult. Um, ca- th- carry his little bald head through the mud. Um, what was your main gripe, concern, beef with this man and his comments? It, I don't. Let it out. I'm not, let it out. These, let I'm not out. a complete let hater. Right? I'm not out. a complete hater. That's cap. That's cap of him but when you're trying to get this team to play the style he wants to play which includes having a massive gaping hole in the middle of the pitch gaping that's that's been there the last few weeks because for some reason he's playing he played Casemiro and Manu together which is fine but you want Manu to go and sit so far up next to Bruno and creates a massive hole and you've done it for the last two games in games against Luton and Fulham who could easily have scored five each but then to come out afterwards and saying we're going in the right direction it's like no we're clearly not what direction is he talking about backwards clearly clearly that's his plan because the the team just look completely lost half the time yes i agree injuries do come into it and it is evidence of that because as soon as you take the grafting striker out of the game and you put that more on up front you lose any high press (laughs) at all you might as well not bother doing it you're trying to (laughs) Ten Hag's trying to get this team to play a way that he wants to play. And you've got certain players that just don't want to do it. So it's like... Name and shame, name and shame. Rashford. I don't want to have that that guy's name in my mouth. He's, he's just... I'm done with him. Honestly, oh I'm done. God. Re- oh, wow. wow, I didn't realise that. done. Because, I tell you, tell you what, this, this is the exact time I knew, I knew I was done with him in comparison with him playing up front in Hoyland. Hoyland comes off the pitch covered in mud. Right? Hmm. That shows how much effort a player's putting in. Rashford might, might as well go and put it back on the, go and put it back on the hanger in the shop 
because you you know it's that clean. You might as well do. And that's clear. That's clear evidence as to why. What's the point? You're not putting the effort in. That clip of him against Luton where he's walking around Ross Barkley. He's not even bothered. So what's the point? He'll come out in interviews before games talking about how the team needs to, you know, or, or you know, we're, we're trying our best, whatnot. You're, you're not. Others might be. So he's an example of it. Even Bruno's an example of it. He's now throwing his ties out the pram. It's just back to this situation. Oh my gosh, just, that, that clip the that went round where he's just yeah. like... Oh. Honestly, we know he's like that, but he should be the one getting everyone back up. Not throwing his ties out the pram, but it's just, it's just all crumbling again. Mm. I do agree injuries because as soon as everyone was fit for that game against West Ham for example completely different team but when a manager's been there for now coming up to end of his second season you'd think that there'd be somewhere there where you can put in a player and you still get the same kind of effort from them but when you can't when your striker that you just bought who you've clearly bought with the effort in mind for pressing how he wants to press is injured when you can't bring anyone in, not even anyone else in the squad to play that position and do the same effort, not not like, you know, no one's as strong as him and has that same, you know, layoff. Because Hoyland's layoff, you know, layoffs and stuff is brilliant. No one's got that at United. But the effort, effort's not even playing football. Effort is literally running. Mm. So I just don't see the point. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. It, it, injuries will always be a thing. Like you have to start forcing, for example. I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, you are at home against Fulham. You shouldn't be shouldn't be playing that sort of performance. You shouldn't yeah. be losing it in that manner. Um, so I don't know if you and I have discussed it, but I, I saw an interview with uh, uh, J- Jim Ratcliffe and the question was basically the interview was trying to coax an answer of, do you back the manager? Do you support the manager, Ten Hag? And he was being very coy, with, uh, clever with his response, but quite coy, but quite a political answer. I think it's the correct answer, to be fair. He basically yeah. said... He didn't give an answer either way in terms of like the specifics, but he basically said it's not fair to properly judge a manager uh, at United because the culture and the environment has been, you know, substandard, toxic, w- yeah. whatever. Because, you know, lots of good managers go to United, Van der Gaal, Mourinho, whatever, but they've all failed. Um, well, 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 sorry to interrupt you, but did you should hear be what sorry. Rooney said about Van, Van Gaal? What's that, sorry? I was, I was too busy. You what Rooney, to said about, Rooney said about Van Gaal getting sacked. That's the prime example of it. What, what did Rooney say? About, no, I've not about that. Apparently, Van Gaal didn't know he was getting sacked, but his wife found out in the middle of the FA Cup final. <laughs> that was when they found that she found out that he was getting sacked. That is so bizarre. So that's an example of who the hell, like, what kind of like, even a company would do that. Mm. That's just an example of how horrendous the club is. Yeah, that's so. So, so with that in mind, he, he, so he's, he basically says it's not fair to judge him. Are we? in a similar position with Ten Hag, do you have sympathy for him because of the culture or actually are we now at a stage where it's like, I've seen enough. I don't get how bad the culture is, the environment, these comments are, are unforgivable coupled with these performances. What, where are you now at? With, you said you're done with Rashford. It, similar it, with Ten Hag? Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult because the players, the players he's bringing in majority do you can see like the what he wants from them. He wants this high press, this energy, which we said after the, I think it was the West Ham game, you know, Ganaucho, Mainu and Hoyland, these young players coming through, show how together they are and how they put effort in for each other. And it's great. And he, that, that feeling's there. But 
on the other hand, there's so many other players that do need to go. And it's clear that a lot of them can't even keep up with how much, how much intensity he wants on the pitch because it's how many injuries they've got. Hmm. But, and like you said, it is difficult to judge, like sacking him. It's a matter of, you, you say, it's like with, it's like with the Rashford situation. Because a lot of people who do say like, they don't want to sell him. Who do you replace him with? Type attitude. And same with, same with Ten Hag. Like, what do you do? You're then stuck with these expensive players and you got young obviously if you get a team if you get more young players in it doesn't matter because they're young so having a manager change not the end of the world but when you're spending 100 million Anthony who can't even start a match anymore and you know you've got players injured who are going to come back who's best to have there to manage just someone random coming in who doesn't like them Mm. or this is where this is where the structure above needs to be in where they need to come in and just be brutal even if it means that lose 70 million on Anthony do it because just need a clean slate. I'm me personally. When it comes to the manager, I'm I'm sick to death of his comments of him being nicey nice, be brutal. To hear the team's been shit, for example, like like the like what you said about I think there was um there was an interview well, question to him about Anthony coming on in the 99th minute, and he said exactly what he said about Sancho. He's basically saying not good enough to start. He's got to prove it to me. He's yeah. not. He's not. You know. You got. He's not coming out throwing putting Twitter t- putting tweets out moaning about it. Which is good. Look, them type of comments are good to have. You know, the players, the players who deserve to play, play, mm-hmm. and that's the type of manager we want to have. And I don't. There's no point in being the one to get rid of the manager because what's the point? Who's going to take over? Sure. Does Ten Hag so, have an attitude problem? These post-match it? comments are very odd. I'm not just talking they're about weird. the Fulham game. No, no, no weird. He's had a few that are weird. They're, that's I what I mean. It's like a, I don't know if it's like a language barrier thing or. It's just, yeah, it's just like, I don't, I don't even know how to comprehend it though. Like you just, you've, you've literally played against Fulham at home who in the first half might as well have been 4-0 up because it was ridiculous how many chances they were getting through the middle. Mm. And until, until United went behind, they didn't really muster up an attack properly. As soon as they went behind, that's when they started going, this is what we can do. But then that's the, it's as if, as if he watched the game with his eyes closed until that bit. And then he was, got, then he's gone off the last half hour. And yeah. I just don't get why you, you come... Okay, being a positive person is not bad, but you've also got to be like, it's not good enough. You've got to be realistic as well. You've got, yeah, you got to be realistic at the same time, you know? Being like, yeah, you know, he did, he did, did things right, but they need to improve. But he doesn't even talk about... He doesn't put the butt bit in. A bit, you know, we need to improve this. It's all positive after the games, and it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to lose like 70% of the games in the season. You're going to go, we're going in the right direction though. You know, philosophies and it's all that rubbish. Like, yeah, that's what you can expect him to what, say. Literally, what philosophy, mate? What is exactly, your philosophy? Exactly, if they're just going to keep losing games. It's so weird. And just on injuries, uh, sometimes injuries are unfortunate and you can't plan for them, whatever. But surely it's not a coincidence that <laughs> how many United players keep getting these non-impact, you know, they're, they're, they're mainly non-impact muscular injuries, aren't they? Now, surely... Isn't that surely a symptom of the way United play and train? Because their players are expected to like uh, counterattack incredibly quickly, but also like, uh, but also like a start from such a, a, a deep starting position in terms of defending. So you're asking so much from them from a physical standpoint. So Ten Hag's complaining about injuries, but I could make the argument that actually it's your fault, mate, that they're all injured. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's an argument for that as well because for, for me personally, people might disagree, but I don't think that type of football even suits Manu as a player. He might as well leave 
because Manu is more of a player who wants to dictate the game possession wise, mm. not pick the ball up in the pick the ball up in the get a second ball in the their box and then pick the ball up in front of his back four. No, he wants to pick the ball up in the middle, pull players out of the game. As uh, Gary he Neville said, he's style. a Guardiola player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is that type of player. He slot, he slot. He'd be the. He's like a young version of his midfield from Barcelona. He, he slotted to sit his team perfectly well, and he suit them. Playing this type of football, United does not long term goal for him. He really isn't. No, not from an England perspective either. No, exactly, exactly. So, and obviously these Bar Martinez who did end up getting like I think it was like two completely separate injuries is just really unfortunate. Everyone else is just getting injured from nothing. Like mm-hmm. like like Hoyland. Hoyland looks absolutely fine, and he's out for three weeks. How does that? How does that happen? Yeah. How do you randomly get out for three weeks? Exactly. Um, it it makes no sense whatsoever. Very weird stuff. How concerned are you? Because obviously it's the derby that's the next game in the Premier oh, League. Get slaughtered. They get absolutely slaughtered. Just to, for like an, an injury checkup. Martinez is going to be out. Uh, Luke Shaw's going to be out. Hoyland's going to be out. Have I missed anyone in terms of like main starters? Uh. No, that's uh, that's the main that's the main ones. Yeah, so, so your, your best your, yeah. your best centre back, your best left back, and your best forwards. All all City have to do is put Doku on the on the left on the right wing because Lidl will be staying there, and you'll run rings around him. So all he's got to do. So are, are, are you genuine? This isn't like hyperbole. Are you genuinely concerned about a battering? Yes, yes, they'll get battered. No, they, okay, wow. Well. So I, I do not. I do not think that it'll be close because because. The last two games, Maguire is trying to do what Martinez does really well, and that's run out, you know come out of his position and close down. He goes through the player every time, or it just the ball just goes around him. You know, defensively they're just uh, completely out of shape. You know, um, having Casemiro in front has helped, but again, legs just pass around him. Maynu again, he's eighteen years old. What do you want him to do? Bruno will be on the floor crying most of the time, and and Rashford is not going to move up front, so it's. It, they'll, it'll be they'll be bad. I guess the, the only hope you can probably have is because they're, they're not going to try to take the game to City. Obviously, no. um, you've got so to just play the, for the counter. The, yeah, they're trying to do the counter attack style that they've always done in the Etihad, but they did it under Ali and it worked. But they don't. When you've got, when you look at how they've been playing the last couple of weeks, and that's what you've got to go off. You know, I like to be trying to be positive, but where can I be positive? Really, mm. if the one player in Rashford who is like your counter attacking player, he's not putting any effort in whatsoever. So. It's very difficult to be positive, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that will be a massive podcast uh, next time, guys. Mm. We will be obviously discussing Man City versus Man United, the Manchester Derby fallout. Uh, will there be a fallout between Novins and Gasky? Uh, uh, no, there won't. But will there? There won't. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, United Gasky, before we move um, on to uh, uh, the City section? Just, just get some money for Ashford. Honestly, that's honest. I am done with it now. Serious, people, gone. controversial people, will be completely against me on it. But says when you we look at the players we've got in the team, who's worth anything, especially in the current you know financial fair play situations, massive wages, big transfer fee. I'd take it personally. Interesting. Very interesting. I think I probably would be in the same boat to be honest. Um, especially when you got a player like Hoyland who is just. <laughs> Clear. I, I, well, I'm obviously a City fan, so it's whatever. But I prefer Hoyland to Rashford as a footballer and just everything, basically. Yeah. Like, it's like it's like it's like with Rashford. Like 
it's so hit and miss, but it's not feasible to have. When you when you when you're, for example, a city who are winning trophies, who are constantly, you know, you know where they're gonna be. Having a player like that, you can deal with. You know, you can take out the team, put them back in and stuff. But in a team that's trying to get back to the being the best, carrying a player like that constantly doesn't help. When you look at the games like um West Ham, even the Luton game. That front three, you know, you know, if Hoyland and Ganaucho are doing so well together, it just feels like you you babysitting Rashford, who's mm. not offering anything else. So yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah, I'm of the view that if Rashford is like your best player, then and and you have Premier League or you know one of your best players and you have like Premier League title aspirations, I think you're in trouble. To be honest, if he yeah, if he's your best, having having him as part of the squad's fine, but mm. he will never that will never be him. So he's, he's definitely not a player that. You want to like build around, or you know, to, to go yeah, for a Premier League not. title. I don't think. Um, definitely not. And would he accept that? Uh, you know, he's got attitude problems? Question mark. Um, would he? Was his ego God take knows. that hit? Um, not sure. Uh, they're not going to sell him though, are they? Because he's academy lad, storylines, etc. Depends. Depends. Depends how Ineos approach it. And that would be Doesn't a it? big balls statement, wouldn't that, it? That to, to go. Personally, I think the big balls or big statement, like you say, to do would be to go to PSG and be like, replace Mbappe with Rashford. Mm. Let's let's negotiate. That would be a big ball move to do. Yeah, that that would that would be really that, interesting. That, that proves a point. That's yeah. them proving the point that you know. I'd have a lot of respect for United if they did that. To be fair, yeah. But there we go. Man City, Gasky did not mm. respect Bournemouth in terms of. Weird second half, particularly with the substitutions. How did, before we sort of like touch on like the subs and how that changed or didn't change the game, what did you make of uh, Man City's performance? Because you watched the game, didn't you? Didn't you? Uh, yeah, majority, yeah. There you go. So from what you saw, what did you make of uh, City's performance? Um, it was it was a weird one in, you know, the first first half was, you know, decent. It was good. They played they played pretty well. You know, got the lead. And like you said, the, the subs were very strange. And it just, it, it's weird. It's like majority of the games that you've seen them, like the last few weeks, they've not seen them out. And, you know, the, the lineup was fine. Like you said, the substitutions completely affected it. And didn't see out and it was again it's it's similar to Arsenal last season where you're watching them play and they look decent but you know they're beatable mm. and not seeing these games out could come back to bite them because at this point of the season when City have won the last few titles has been they've been slaughtering teams and you know well, what what are you going to do how are we going to catch them and now it's so so you must think it's a bit iffy yeah they're yeah. not blowing away teams, as you say. They're not killing games off. In comparison to Liverpool and Arsenal at the moment as well. Yeah, they're, they're allowing... They're, they're giving a little, little bit of leeway for other teams to come back into the games, aren't they? As I say, not, not taking their chances, not not finishing uh, at the, op- the opponents yeah. off. And look, Bournemouth aren't a bad team, to be fair to them. They've got a very good manager. They have been in a bad run of form, but there are some good individuals in that team. So... This was never going to be a truly easy game for City. Um, that being said, I thought the first half was very good. We limited them to basically nothing outside of a couple of pop shots from distance, which are you know negligible, low probability shots. 
uh, we should have scored two, maybe two or three goals. So the 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 uh, chance creation was good, but Foden was fantastic because he's Foden. Holland was good, but his finishing did need to uh, go up a level. Um, and the defense is just brilliant. But let let let's get on to those weird decisions then, shall we? Because Gasky, if you are one nil up in a game, and for the past fifteen minutes in the second half, the game has been going away from you in terms of control. You were totally on top in the first half, second half. You're still getting some decent chances, but the opposition's coming more and more into the game. You're maybe giving away the ball more in midfield that you would have liked to. Um, you need, you, what, you look, what you're after maybe is, well, you tell me, what do you think you need in that situation? Do you need stability, control, or do you need directness and losing the ball <laughs> you need you need to bring an extra eight on <laughs> or you need to you need to bring on an extra midfielder to control yeah like say you push the game back not you don't want to go let's go direct let's boot the ball up do you bring on a direct yeah. winger who likes to do 1v1s you do not i don't think you do and yet that's what we did and i have no idea why uh to be fair uh, to Doku, I don't know what the game plan there was. If, if you told me that the score was 1-0, City were against Bournemouth, and we'll make we'll bring on De Bruyne and Doku, I'd assume we were 1-0 down and chasing the game. Not that we were trying to close it out and control it more so. That just seemed a really weird change for me. It what was, what yeah, do you think his thought it, process was there from Pep? See, the only thing I can think of for that, for that them substitutions is we're getting pushed back Let's while they're bringing players forward, let's bring on a player who can make a worldy pass to a very fast player and beat the offside trap. That's the only thing I can think of when you make that sub. Is mm. you know we'll get we'll get the ball back and then we'll just boot it up and he'll be in on goal. Rather than let's approach the game for the next thirty minutes. No, let's approach it for a ten second moment of madness and try and get a second goal. Yeah, it's just a really weird, really weird way to go about it. Very odd. Because uh, it, it didn't work. I mean, we, I said on my watch yeah. along that this is a weird substitution. What surprised it didn't work. Doku kept giving the ball away. Was he was pretty ineffective? Um, Bournemouth just doubled up on him at one point, put three men on him. He wasn't able to find the spare man, Doku. And there was one good moment to be fair, where he, where he got back and trapped back, and, and that was decent. But for the most part, Nunes was playing really well on that left side, getting back, helping out Ake, and then from there, from there, we kept we lose we lost the ball more. We took off Kovacic, who was fantastic, winning lots of fouls. De Bruyne came on. didn't. It wasn't that good when he came on. He lost the ball a fair few times. And But for our individual defenders, you know, who, who were fantastic, that was our treble winning defence, Bournemouth definitely would have scored. And if, if their final third quality was a little bit better with like, you know, some better crosses, Bournemouth definitely would have equalised. As an outsider looking in, Gasky, as like a non-City fan, how do you view... City's recent form. Do you see it as unsustainable or do you see it as, uh, I've seen this before, they are inevitably going to click and they're going to, you know, win however many on the bounce uh, or, or is something different about this City team this season? What are your thoughts? It does feel different because at this part of the season, this is when you, you saw how good they are every week. It was this point like last season when they battered Arsenal and you were like, yeah, this is their title challenges, you know. But but right now it's like every game they're playing, it's City won, three points matter, and that's all you can really say. 
rather than how good they've been. And you get you can tell you can tell from like fan reactions that there isn't it is nervous, you know, of like what's why what's going on, why we're not beating these teams. So, you know, as as Liverpool and Arsenal fans, I'd be like, we can have, you know, we could, this is, they can, you know, they can stop them winning the title this season. Mm. Because, you know, I would say, I would say really no one's been playing amazingly all season. You know, it's definitely a season to, to beat City to the title. Yeah. And City finishing third wouldn't be a surprise right now. Because, let's be fair, they're probably third best in current form. Yeah. Definitely, which is very worrying as we get into yeah. the last 12 games of the season. This is where you need to turn up now. Um, yeah, and, they, and they've got to play the teams, they've got to play the other two. And they can then make their point for the title if by beating City. Yeah, it's it's crunch time now. This And this is also a really tricky run of fixtures that City have. So, got to play looting the FA Cup, which is whatever. But then, Derby at home... Big, whatever you know, we just talked about United and their struggles, but still a massive game. Um, Copenhagen again, you say two point lead, but it's still the Champions League. Three days after that, you got to go away to Anfield. Then we've got to play Arsenal at home, and then we've got to go away to Brighton, and then we've got to play Aston Villa at home. We've got to go away to Spurs. We've got to go away to Forest. Uh, we've got to host uh, Luton, which again we probably should win, but. There are some very tricky games coming up, and and this they is could, sort they of could be out of the title race by the end of that. That's yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the thing. Game that's that's going to make or break the ti- their title, yeah, City's title definitely. race. You either make make a statement and you beat United and you bat United at home. You go to Anfield and get a result. You beat Arsenal at the Emirates. You you beat uh, sorry. You beat Arsenal at the Etihad. You beat Villa at home. You beat Brighton away. If those results happen, that is a massive statement. It basically tells Arsenal Liverpool look. If you want to take our title, we are going to fight for it. Conversely, as you say, that could very easily be United scrape a draw. We go to Anfield and lose comfortably. Arsenal come and take some points off us. He maybe even beat us. And at that point, it's it's game over. Technically, there's still nine games left, but you'd be like five, six points behind. Yeah. And based on Liverpool and Arsenal's other fixtures, they're not going to drop too many more points. So it's a very weird season. And I definitely agree that... The, this city side feels this season feels different. Um, we've not seen our treble winning team enough. We've only seen it like very briefly against Copenhagen, and then Grealish got injured. The hope I have is that everyone basically is now back for City outside Gavardio, but he's returned to light training. So the hope is that Pep can now play his strongest team, and we will now see a team clicking. Which so we'll hopefully see that as a, I want the United game to be a springboard. We need to batter you, I think. We need to win like by three goals. Win like three nil or something to get the confidence back before Anfield. Is my hope, Gasky, is that naivety? Or is that fair and balanced based on what we've seen from City in previous seasons? It's definitely fair. Because as as a as a fan of your own team, you've got to look at it past seasons and past weeks and whatnot. Obviously, like we were saying about United with injuries do affect them. But when you look at where City have done the last three seasons when they won the league, how other teams do look at City and be like, come February, March, they usually go unbeaten. They rarely drop points. But when we're at a point where you do fear they're going to drop points, where you you know, you know look at United and you don't have 100% full confidence that you can batter them or beat them, there is something there then. 
you know so like not be like not battering United especially with United's injuries and the way they have been even on a six, winning games over the last few weeks United have been rubbish so City should maul them really like past seasons but mm. if they don't you look at it as like a how you know United are doing nothing you know just a chance to go and score four or five yeah I'm if everyone's if if we live in a world where every, every City player is fit and available from now to the end of the season and if Pep gets what are the selections in my opinion the correct selections then we've got a very good chance of winning the title from here because as I say we haven't seen last last season's team all on the same pitch at once barely therefore maybe that's why we're not performing to the same level so there is there is hope in me that if we if we field the team from last season you know, in the in that treble winning run then we will see similar performances and that would be enough you know to beat arsenal and to get a result at anfield especially given liverpool's injury issues not having allison or trent yeah. uh, it's a very good time to go to anfield in that respect but it's all up in the air isn't it, it all remains to be seen and it really is uh pep is just making some odd decisions this season in my humble opinion let's be fair though as an as any neutral fans out there it could be one of a good title race for the for god knows how long mm, yeah well there are three really? teams still free in it horse, to be fair free horse race. I can't remember the last time there was a free horse race to us been a while no 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 uh, before Pep joined I suppose yeah. a genuine three horse race um yeah it would, yeah which is like we've got we're, we're getting on to like 10 years maybe 13 14 when it was Chelsea, City, and uh, Liverpool, potentially. That was the last yep. time, which is, as I say, 10 years ago. But that remains to be seen. That's why it's a lot, there's a lot of hypotheticals here. Um, I'm hoping that these, you know, the games against Everton, Brentford, Bournemouth, to be fair, we kept clean sheets in all those games. But yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm hopeful that, for example, we've scored three goals in the past three Premier League games. Arsenal and Liverpool have scored like 10 to 15 it's it's that's, just that's the concern, isn't it? Exactly. Of like, yeah, the ball's not going in, but they're not, but they're not keeping that many clean sheets. They have the last few weeks, but they're still liable to concede. Yeah, and uh, and and those three goals, I think, came from like seventy-one shots. So we that's are just mental. We're just not finishing uh, right now. So we need to sort that problem sooner rather than later. I'm convinced that it can be fixed with small tweaks, but is it too little too late? Yeah. You know, we've only got 12 games left and the, it's not, uh, um, it's, it's not, at least it's not as bad as that. Do you know, do you know the United stat um, about shots faced this season? What's that? That they're second bottom. Is um, like only Sheffield United have faced more shots than United. Oh my God. That is so that is as, bad, as bad as, as bad as Onan has been, what's your method to do if he's facing so many shots? So that so tells us, is. so I mean, if City have loads of shots, yeah. but don't score a lot of goals, that means that on on a Sunday, there's going to be like a million shots. It's going to be a lot of shots. Yeah, it's going to be a long yes, day. A lot of shots. It's going to be like for a United fan, yes. Yeah, hope, hopefully so. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on there with City Gasky? Yeah. Or should we move on to no. Gas? All good. Let's, uh, let's see what the uh, the listeners have got to say. Indeed, yes. So, uh, just a couple of questions uh, today. Uh, I need to start asking earlier, to be fair. Uh, Kante says, were your FA Cup fifth round game predictions? Um I genuinely don't know. Are United still in the FA Cup? Who's, yeah, we have a uh, Forest away. For, okay, let, let's hear your predictions for that then. Forest away. That's not uh, an easy I game. We'll, I, I, think, I think we'll win that. I'm going to go for win. Just because I wanted to win somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's um, and Coventry play Maidstone tonight. Oh, is that Maidstone, the non-league team? Is that right? Yeah. Come on, mate. Maidstone to go all the way to Wembley. Wee. That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, when do you play saying. Forest? Is that Wednesday? A Wednesday, yeah. You've oh. got Luton, haven't you? Interesting. So, yeah, we play Luton on Tuesday, so that means we'll have an extra day of rest before the derby. Are you going to play a full-strength team? They're all they're all injured. <laughs> they've only got they've only got the players that they've got. But it'd be interesting to see though if he does play like a lot of the kids. Yeah, no, no. So, but being like you know, will Bruno start? Will Rashford start? Will Maguire start? Will <sighs> Manu start? Will Casemiro it, start? It's it's Ten Hag. He doesn't rest players, so they will start. Most likely, yes. Okay, well, let's get them tired before the derby then. Yeah, <laughs> lovely stuff. Oh yeah, Black, Blackburn playing Newcastle. That's nice. Um, why have you, why have you told me that? Because you do what fifth round prediction. We're not going to do all the games, are we? That would be oh. insane. I just want. I, just... I thought you wanted to do it more. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I think United will win and uh, Luton will beat City. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! That's outrageous. <laughs> they might do. I'm, I'm expecting a slightly <laughs> rotated team from City. Um, I don't think Rodri will start. I think we've got to rest him at some point. And I mean, yeah, you probably you probably do have. To, I mean. We've got, got to think got about to the long term. You, you got yeah, you've got to put a league first and you've got to rest players. Yeah. Exactly. A, a rotated city team is still a strong team. Like you can still play Bob, Lewis, Alvarez, Kovacic, Nunes, maybe Grealish, um, Walker. It's still Ortega, it's still a very strong team, but there is that mental stat that we've lost every game that Rodri's not played uh, this season. Uh I, I think that's correct. Outside of the community shield, which was technically a Oh no, no, he played what am I talking about? Yeah, I think every single game is not played. We've not won, maybe. Or maybe that's a Champions League game. I don't know. Anyway, that's the point I'm trying to make there, that Rodri's important. Can we do without him against Luton? Who knows? Uh, and this is from Will, which I think is an interesting question. Has Doku had a better season than Ganacho? That's the first question, Gasky. Yes or no? Uh, yes. Wow, Gasky says yes, okay. Uh, Will says if not he hasn't surely Doku's been a bit of a flop I've got no doubt he's got the stones to come good in the future uh, I think flop no. is mental flop flop means offered nothing Doku Doku offers City a different dimension to what City don't have yeah just because he's not played had. good re- he did start the season very well he's been he's, yeah. subpar recently but he still started very good. He's a, he's a young, he's a young up and coming player that has been thrown into a title winning team. So it's not going to be easy for him. He's not a flop. And I, I think he's had a better season than Ganacho. Ganacho has been, I think Ganacho has been very good, but he does get slightly overrated. He's not, he's not the finished product like people treat him to be. A lot of the time, he's got a lot of words to, do, especially in the final third. But he can potentially be a very, very good player. Mm. But people need to settle down sometimes on him. Seriously. people need to settle down if yeah. you notice is the reason I didn't mention him before yes indeed <laughs> because because he's, he was probably the United's best player on the pitch which is which is an example of how good he can be United the team can play shit and he can be good but he's got a long way to go still mm-hmm. definitely uh, yeah just just on Doku uh, he honestly his recent performances have been what I thought he was going to play like this season I didn't expect him to start so well um I expect him to need a, to need a full season to adapt because that's that's the case with basically every single City winger under Pep. So I was surprised he started so well since the injury. He's now gone to the levels which I was, which is obviously a level down from what he started. But it's what I assumed he was going to play at. So that's why I'm not too down on him as a signing because that's what he expected. I think he overperformed at the start. Now he's performing how he probably you know a new, a new young winger in a new league. I'd expect him to uh, uh, perform. Uh, there's still room for him in the City squad, obviously. I just don't want him starting in the biggest games when we need control. 
if Grealish is available, he must start. For me, I want. I, I don't want. I do not want to see Doku um, against United. I want to see Jack Grealish. We we remember the brilliant performance Jack had at Old Trafford. I think it'll be a similar thing if he's uh, given that starting opportunity. Gasky, uh, that is the podcast. Have you enjoyed yourself? As much as I possibly can. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Well, mm. uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, guys, we'd highly recommend uh, uh, following so you'll stay updated. We've got a World Cup draft uh, challenge uh, dropping later this week where we pick a starting 11 based on World Cup final winners. It's a doozy and we need you guys to tell us who won that between Gasky and myself. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, and I say thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow for more. Until next time, guys, I have been Nobbins. And I have been Gasky. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. <laughs>